Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 a month with no additional cost or fees. You heard that right, guys. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, over these past few weeks, you could have hit up the big, wonderful beer fest. Jeff Dye at Comedy Works, Taps and Tails, Jay Balvin at the Pepsi Center, the IndyCard Haunted House, literally something for everyone. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give our listeners an awesome deal. If you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe, you're going to get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it. That's my personal guarantee. So again, go to inwego.com backslash BSN, or you can also download their app for free and use promo code BSN50 for your first month of every event you could think of in Denver for under 20 bucks. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by InWeGo. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. The BSN Nuggets podcast, as always, presented by InWeGo, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. Harrison Wind here alongside Christian Clark. This is our Tuesday edition of the show. We're just over 24 hours away from the Nuggets season opener. Wednesday in LA against the Clippers, against Boban, against Gallo. It's Gallo's first regular season game that he's going to be playing against the Nuggets since he went to the Clippers two years ago. If you don't remember, he was injured a lot last season. But we're right there, Christian. It's good to have you back. I had to do Monday show by myself, but I'm happy to have you back alongside. Yeah, I was stealing up for basketball season with a whole lot of fried food at the Texas State Fair. Um, Harris and I had some breakfast tacos. Those aren't fried. I had a corn I'm dog. familiar with breakfast tacos. I had a corn dog, an enormous corn dog. That's a, that's a staple of the Texas State Fair, by the way. And then I, I washed all that down with some fried Oreos, which I think for my money, are, are the most delicious item at the Texas State Fair. Have you ever had a fried Oreo? I've never had a fried Oreo. I've never had fried ice cream. I've never had any of these fried delicacies that you apparently grew up on. Yeah, I think if you try to eat a fried Oreo in Boulder, you get locked in jail for a minimum of 10 years, no parole. <laughs> but yeah, in Texas, they're a pretty big deal. Dude, they're so freaking good. I mean, I know it sounds kind of gross, but they dropped the Oreo in the deep fryer and the shell, which is, you know, kind of a little bit hard when you bite into Oreo. It softens up. The white filling might be the best part. Harrison, next year I'm taking you down there. Fried Oreos on me. You know, that did sound disgusting, I will have to say. But 
I'd be down to try one. Might have to get on a treadmill afterwards or something. Uh, oh, man. I mean, I, I thought my heart was going to stop on the plane ride back today. <laughs> <laughs> you were gone last week and you missed the skills challenge, the media skills challenge at Pepsi Center that I, yours truly, won MVP of. Unreal, dude. We, we missed you, but I held down the fort for BSN Denver. I represented the company well. I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, I probably wouldn't have bet on you going in. You know, not that not to say you're this huge underdog or anything, but that was a little surprising to me when I learned that you won MVP. What all events did you guys do? Well, we did a bunch of different events. Um, I'll kind of go into it in a little more detail than I did on Monday's show. Still not violating the NDA that I signed with other media <laughs> members, not to disclose some potentially embarrassing details about some of our dear colleagues from this weekend in the media skills challenge. We started off with a nice warm up, a uh, little bit of stretching, a little bit of high knees, uh, just kind of your basic warm up. Then we got run through some drills by Nuggets player development coaches. Three of them were there. Ogi Stoyakovich, who if you've been reading BSN Denver, you've gotten to hear from him over the last year. John Beckett, who's the head of Nuggets player development and Stephen Graham too. You've probably seen him around if you've been to Nuggets game. Former college player, former pro. He had a couple different cups of coffees with a number of NBA teams. Those are the three Nuggets player development guys. They ran us through some drills. Uh, and then we played knockout. We had a three-point shootout. And then we scrimmaged. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. You guys got jerseys too, right? We got jerseys. So I'll run you through the winners of each of these different drills. Josh Dover of altitude 92.5 one knockout yours truly won the three-point shootout a heated three-point shootout might i add was the three-point shootout like the nba three-point shootout five balls per rack and then five spots yeah i I don't remember how many balls were per rack might have been four three regular and one money ball but there were three racks one in each corner, one at the top of the key. No time limits. We got to take our time. You know, just just go at a nice pace. And uh, somehow I won the three-point shootout. And then Josh and I drafted teams for the scrimmage. And I mean, come on. Of course, I'm going to draft the better <laughs> team. Uh, I had the first pick, and then we won the scrimmage. And I was then voted MVP, which I was surprised about. Wow. What a day for you. Um so last question I got for you about the skills competition, prettiest jump shot and brokest jump shot. There were a number of people who had a nice jumper. Um, Josh Dover, who might have been a runner-up for MVP. I didn't see the final vote tally, <laughs> if there was one. Josh has a nice jumper. Nick Cosmider of The Athletic can shoot the rock. Katie Wingy, Nuggets sideline reporter. She played Division One ball at Illinois State. She's got a gorgeous-looking jumper. Adam Mares, our good friend of the podcast, who we've played with before, he didn't fare as well as he could have in the three-point contest. He had more in him. He, he could have done better than he did, but we know he's got a good-looking jumper, great player as well. Another friend of the show, Dev Johnson of Mile High Sports, who we have played with many times before, solid jumper. There's some members of this Nuggets media that can really shoot the rock. Okay, well, I'm going to let you slide on avoiding Broca's jumper because... Well, know- I can't. I legally can't go any further. Well, uh, all right, that's fine. We can move on then. But that was definitely a fun event. Shout out to Nuggets PR for putting that on. And stay tuned to Twitter, guys, because 
you're damn right I'm going to take some photos of this MVP trophy when I get it. I can't wait for you guys to see this thing. It's giant. But um, that's to come. Stay tuned for that. But like I said, a little over 24 hours until the Nuggets' regular season opener in L.A. against the Clippers. I believe the Clippers were a one-point favorite at some point. I just checked before we started recording. The line has moved back to even. Maybe some money coming in on the Nuggets there. But what's your feeling on this opener against the Clippers? Because we'll get into this more on Wednesday's show when we go over some season predictions, put down some bold claims, some fire predictions uh, on the podcast for the season. But what are you watching for in this Clippers game? Well, I'm a little surprised that the Nuggets aren't favorites, frankly, going in. Um, the fact that the Clippers were favored and now that's even it surprised me a, a tad. I'm really curious to see, you know, Will Barton becoming the starting small forward. I, know, I, I think it's they're going. Nuggets going to be dynamic all year offensively. I think from the start they're not going to have any real kinks to work out, but. Will Barton is going to get a test defensively in the very first game of the season because he's either going to be guarding Danilo Gallinari or Tobias Harris, and he's given up a couple inches. He's given up a couple pounds in either of those matchups, and you know Danilo Gallinari can take Will Barton down on the post easy. You know maybe we'll see Millsap on Gallo and, and then Will Barton on Tobias Harris, but it's going to be like that all year long for Will Barton. It's just going to be a challenge for him defensively and. He's just going to have to make up for those couple of inches, those couple of pounds the opposing starting small forward has in him. Yeah, that'll definitely be something to watch. The guy I'm watching, or the two guys I guess I'm watching closely from a Nuggets perspective, one is Jamal Murray, who has had some interesting comments at practice over the last couple of days. I'm definitely getting the sense that Jamal's coming into this year a lot more sure of himself. Last season, his first year as the full-time starting point guard. If you remember his rookie year, he played some point guard, but he mostly played off the ball with the second unit. Uh, And he's got a full year of playing point guard exclusively under his belt. That does a lot for a player. Yeah, he's still young, but you get the sense in talking with him. Last year, he always had this voice in the back of his head that was like, man, I got to get Nicole Jokic involved. Paul Millsap, this a four-time All-Star that just came over from Atlanta. I got to get him involved. You know, Gary's this established veteran who is a great player. I got to get him the ball. I got to get Will the ball. You know, he's five years older than me. Uh, he's been in this league longer. I got to set him up. Now you get the feeling that Jamal, he's going to take care of those things, but he's also just going to look for a shot a lot more as kind of his first inclination. He's going to look for his jumper, look for his offense at every turn instead of worrying so much about setting other people up. And I think that's great for the Nuggets, to be honest with you. I think that's one of the things that could take this offense up, you know, a notch or so, is if Jamal Murray becomes a little more daring on the offensive end. We've talked a lot about this offseason. One of the differences on the offensive end between Jamal Murray and, you know, your Damian Lillard and Steph Curry's of the world is that Dame and Steph are are much more willing to pop those three-point shots off the dribble, pop those deep, deep threes, that really dragged the defense out. Jamal only attempted about two um, threes off the dribble last season. Mm -hmm. He shot it in the low 30s. 
next step for him on offense is to, to take a couple more of those, you know, kind of a little bit crazy jumpers off the dribble and, you know, maybe make convert those at somewhere in the mid-30s. Um, Curry's at 40%. Damian Lillard is usually in the mid to high 30s on those shots. But I'm a, totally okay with Jamal Murray doing that. This guy is an elite, elite shooter, and I think he's got it in him. Yeah, if he wants to start to tap into that ceiling I set for him two years ago between Damian Lillard and Steph Curry, he's got to take some more of those threes, some more of those pull-up threes, some more of those transition threes. That does a lot for the Nuggets offense just in terms of opening up the defense. The other guy I'm going to be watching closely is Paul Millsap. Millsap was great defensively throughout the preseason, like we expected him to be taking charges, blocking shots, rotating over to clean up his teammates' mistakes. He was great defensively. He's going to be great defensively this year and probably be the Nuggets' best defender. Offensively in the preseason, not so much. 9 of 28 from the field, 0 of 8 from 3. Like Millsap's the fifth option in my mind in this starting group behind Jokic Murray, Barton Harris, maybe in that order. But the Nuggets are still going to need his offense a lot of times when they have a bench lineup out there with maybe you know him and Lyles and uh, three other guards out there, they're going to need him to score then. They're also probably going to need him to score at the end of games when that Nuggets equal opportunity offense isn't flowing as well as it was in the first quarter like we saw last year. He's still got to be a threat on the offensive end of the floor. He doesn't have to score 15 points a game, but He's got to make the shots the defense gives him, right? Like He's got to make those 15-footers that defenses are going to leave him open for. He's got to make those tough shots through contact around the rim that he's made a living on throughout his career. He's got to be a little better offensively than he was in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he, he really struggled on the offensive end throughout the preseason. You know, when you asked him about not shooting the ball terribly efficiently, he didn't seem very worried at all. He said that's a good sign because it'll start to fall during the regular season. Um, I mean, he's been in the league a long time. He he knows his game better than anybody. But, yeah, I mean, I, I've read a bunch of season preview stuff. There are a couple people out there who are starting to wonder, is Paul Millsup, you know, uh, on the decline? This is going to be his age 33 season. Um, he was coming off four straight all-star games in Atlanta before he signed to Denver last year, and that wrist injury really derailed his year. So it's going to be a really interesting season from him. I mean, I'm I'm expecting big things from him uh, on the defensive end. We we got a taste of that with that three-block first quarter against the Clippers the other night. He, he looked awesome moving around out there. But, yeah, I mean, I just – I guess I didn't realize, you know, how often – Paul Millsap relies on just tough contested mid-range shots to score his points. And, you know, he had some re- some really good games toward the end of last year. It was up and down, but he had a 36-point game against OKC. So I guess we're going to see. But, yeah, Millsap needs to be better and just more crisp all around on the offensive end than he was in the preseason, no question. I mean, 33 years old, entering his 13th year, he's definitely on the decline on the offensive end. I don't think that's up for debate. Defensively, uh, he's probably still really solid, still at his peak defensively. But offensively, yeah, he's clearly not the offensive player he was in his heyday in Atlanta, I don't think. We are going to get into the rotation right now because Mike Malone had some interesting comments at Nuggets practice about his rotation, who's in, who's out. We'll throw out some minutes estimates for guys on 
today's show. First, though, before we get to that, I want to tell you guys about my bookie because it's that time of year again for many sports fans, and that means it's time to win some money. The most important thing I hear from fans when it comes to online betting is how fast can I get my money after I win? That's why I'm happy to tell you about my bookie. Not only does my bookie offer the highest credit card acceptance rates, but when you win, they pay out fast, putting money in your hands right away. With my bookie, I recommend it because I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. And that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay fast. They also have in game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So if you join my bookie right now, they will actually match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code BSN100. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code BSN100 when creating your account to claim that bonus and get my bookie to match your deposit dollar for dollar. You play, you win, you get paid with my bookie. So let's talk about this Nuggets rotation. We know the five guys who are going to be in the starting lineup. Michael Malone revealed on Monday, when I asked him about his rotation, the three other locks. Four minutes. Trey Lyles, Mason Plumley, and Monte Morris. Did any of those surprise you? No. I mean, uh, I you know, was counting on all eight of those players to be in the rotation opening night. You know, I think Lyles and Plumley were always going to be locks after the seasons that they had last year. Um, Monte Morris, you know, I think going into the preseason was a little bit of a question mark. You know, I, th- I think if he hadn't played well during the preseason, then it's possible you could have seen, you know, the Nuggets go with Will Barton um, playing most of those backup point guard minutes. I think Monte Morris proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that he deserves to get those backup point guard minutes on opening night against the Clippers on Wednesday. He was really the glue that, that held that second unit together, which was so good during the preseason. You know, I, I think there are a lot of really good parts um, in that second unit, Trey Lyles is a phenomenal you know, offensive player, really polished scorer. Mason Plumley looks as athletic as he's looked in a long time to me. Malik Beasley and Wancho both had some really nice moments there, but I just think Monte Morris makes everyone look a little bit better. He just knows when, you know, exactly where to get his guys the ball. And yeah, I mean, those eight guys who are, you know, being locks in the rotation makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, 25 assists for Morris in the preseason to just seven turnovers. He held on to the ball like he did at Summer League, like he did over his career at Iowa State, like he did in the G League. So no real surprise there. The most impressive thing about Morris to me was how highly his teammates and Michael Malone spoke about him. I mean, you ask everybody on the Nuggets roster about Monte Morris, from Will Barton to Jamal Murray to Nicole Jokic to... Paul Millsap, and obviously the guys he played a lot of minutes with in the preseason, Trey Lyles and Malik Beasley and uh, Torrey Craig and Mason Plumlee, they will speak so highly of him. They say how he never makes a mistake, how he just leads his group effectively, how he just has 
the moxie of a guy who's a 15-year pro and a playoff-tested veteran, even though this is a guy who only played 25 minutes for the Nuggets last year. So out of those three players, he's in for the biggest jump in playing time. How many minutes do you envision Morris playing on a night-to-night basis? Um, somewhere in the ballpark of 15 minutes per game to start. You know, I expect him to get uh, a six to seven minute stint in the first half and then another six to seven minute stint in the second half. I don't think that you're going to see him closing many games at all, but yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be a consistent part of the rotation. You know, you look at Emmanuel Moutier, he was getting 18 minutes per game last year in the games that he played in. I just think that the Nuggets are going to win a couple more games than they did last year just because they're going to have competency at the backup point guard position all year. I mean, this this bench unit overall, you know, they were a net positive in the preseason. Uh, the Nuggets outscored opponents by about five points for 100 possessions when they had the bench unit in. If they can just, you know, hold serve and just not, you know, give up leads when the starters go to the bench, then the Nuggets are going to be in a lot better spot than they were last year. Yeah, that bench unit was so rough. And remember in December when the Nuggets trimmed down their rotation to seven guys and eight guys at times? And you remember Gary Harris going, I'm tired as hell, man. Gary Harris was tired. There was that game against the 76ers, kind of the final straw for that seven, eight-man rotation where Will Barton was sitting down during breaks in the action on the court because he was so tired. Michael Malone pulled the plug on that slimmed down rotation after that game. But, I mean, they had a couple impressive stretches there. They won three games, I think, against the Blazers, Warriors, and Jazz in like five nights. So that was really good for them. But obviously, you can't run out seven, eight guys in your rotation for the entire year. Your guys are just going to get too fatigued. With as solid of a bench as the Nuggets have, I agree with you. I don't think the bench is going to be a downfall of this team at all this year. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're going to be nine guys playing double-digit minutes night in and night out, and and then a tenth guy, you know, sometimes getting maybe 10 to 12 minutes and sometimes, you know, somewhere in like the six to eight-minute range, kind of like Malik Beasley almost last year. Yeah, Michael Malone saying at practice Monday he doesn't see a scenario where he can play 10 or 11 guys. He wants to play nine guys at the most. And the other two guys who are locked in for minutes off the Nuggets bench, Trey Lyles and Mason Plumley, the two others with Monte Morris, who we assumed were going to get minutes and going to be penciled in for minutes on a night-to-night basis. Let's talk about Lyles a bit more because he's really been the story of the preseason, in my opinion. I love what you said about how polished he is offensively because that's just a great word to describe his offensive game. So fluid. We knew he could score inside and out last year. He's proven over the course of this preseason that that was definitely not a fluke. His three-point stroke looks good. He looks stronger this year. He's muscling guys inside. If you watch the Nuggets bench unit throughout the preseason, they'll be going through you know a series of cuts or running this set or that set. The second that the defense might switch, and Trey Lyles suddenly has Monte Morris's defender on him or Malik Beasley's defender on him, and he has a mismatch, watch closely because Denver immediately aborted everything they were doing on the offensive end and just focused on getting Lyles the ball. 
that's how much of a priority they're placing on running their second team offense through him. Yeah, Lyle scored in double digits in all five preseason games. You know, I went back and watched that second quarter against the Clippers where Lyle's just heated up like a microwave. He scored 12 points in that second quarter. Dawkins clipped those highlights. Go back and watch that on YouTube if you want to get a sense of all the different things that Trey Lyles can do on the offensive end. He hit two threes where, you know, he just had a real quick trigger to get those off in that quarter. He had a play where the Clippers switched a pick and roll and Jerome Robinson got switched on him. And I mean, he just made this move in the mid-range zone like he was a 10-year vet. He took a dribble, kind of put his shoulder into Jerome Robinson, but nothing bad enough to draw an offensive foul. Just kind of knocked Robinson off his path. And Miles pulled off this really pretty pivot and hit a beautiful fadeaway. Um, He had another one where he just simple pick and roll with Monte Morris. Monte fed him a bounce pass, and he took one dribble and just slammed it. You know, I really like using Trey Lyles as the role man in pick and rolls because if they try to switch, he can just feast on the smaller guy. You know, I think he's surprisingly physical, actually, and does a nice job of smalling on the um, scoring on the smaller guys. And then, you know, he can just pop. He, he's a great catch-and-shoot um, three-point shooter. We know that. He shot it upwards of 40% in catch-and-shoot threes last year. He's tied for Gary Harris, second most accurate catch-and-shoot three-point shooter on the team. So... He can just do so many different things in the offensive end. And we even saw him, you know, make some plays for teammates, too. That was something I didn't know he had in his game. Right. He really showed off his ability to be a playmaker, too, in the preseason. He averaged 3.4 assists per game across five preseason games in just about 24 minutes. He also recorded four or more assists on three separate occasions this preseason after only hitting that mark three times in 73 games last year. So definitely looking to be more of a playmaker, and the Nuggets are giving him the freedom to do that as well. I've got Lyles penciled in for at least 20 minutes a night on a game-to-game basis, and I think he could have a wide range of minutes he plays night-to-night. Like He could play 22 minutes on one night, and then I think maybe the next night he could play 30. I think it's going to be a result of how he's playing, but also how Paul Millsap's playing too ahead of him. Do you want to hear a take? Sure. I think Trey Lyles could be a dark horse six-man-of-the-year candidate. Will Barton finished, take. finished fourth in six-man-of-the-year voting. Look, I don't think Trey Lyles is going to play as many minutes this year as Will Barton did last year, just because the Nuggets have so many big guys who are, are really, really good. But I don't know. I mean, I... I, I could see him being a, a dark horse six man of the year candidate, and he's going to be the go to guy from that bench. That guy, Trey Lyles, is just a bucket getter. I mean, you ask anybody in the Nuggets organization, his teammates about him, you know, they rave about the work he put in in the summer. He looked great in training camp by all accounts, and he's, he only continued that play in the preseason. Something I'm really excited to watch when it comes to Lyles is how he looks with the starters. Because I do think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to play with the starters in the preseason. Usually the Nuggets' first sub of the game was Lyles for Millsap. I anticipate that being the case during the regular season, starting Wednesday against the Clippers. That group of five played 82 minutes together last year. They outscored their opponent by 19 points in those 82 minutes. Surprising, it was the defense. That group, Murray, Harris, Barton, Lyles, Jokic, had a 100.5 offensive rating, which isn't great, but a 94.1 defensive rating. So I'm not sure if I'm 
buying that defense from that group, I definitely think they can be better on offense than they were in those 82 minutes last year. But I'm excited to see that group play. We didn't see a ton of Lyles next to Jokic in the preseason. Um, but like I said, I definitely think Millsap for Lyles is going to be the first sub that Denver usually makes unless there's some foul trouble going on somewhere. Somebody picks up two quick fouls and has to be subbed out. But I do think Lyles could form some nice chemistry with those starters. Yeah, I think that's the most dangerous five the Nuggets have offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think that the starting five will probably be better if you're just looking at net rating because of what Paul Millsap is able to give you on the defensive end. But if I had to pick, you know, five guys in this Nuggets roster who uh, I was trying to predict, these guys will play at least 50 minutes together and have the highest offensive rating, I would probably go with them. It's a really versatile offensive group. All those guys are near 40% shooters from three. They can all do a lot of different things on the offensive end. So, yeah, that group will be really exciting to watch. Mason Plumlee's the last guy we got to get to who is a lock for rotation minutes off the bench. Look, I just think you know what you're getting with Plumlee at this point. He's just so solid. Uh, was 25 of 37 in the preseason from the field, 68%. 12 of his 25 field goals were dunks. We've spoken about this before. I don't think we have to belabor the point. He looks more athletic this year, more explosive after that offseason surgery. Uh, Don't have much else to say about Plumlee, but he'll probably spend time alongside Paul Millsap, most of his minutes alongside Trey Lyles, and he'll also, I'm sure, play next to Nikola Jokic from time to time. The Jokic and Plumlee pairing, it was impressive on the defensive end of the floor last year. Denver only surrendered 100.9 points per 100 possessions with those two out there. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how much we see Plumlee and Jokic out there together this year because, you know, Michael Malone was pretty hamstrung last year when Paul Millsap went down. That's why we saw the Plumlee-Jokic starting lineups. Um, When Millsap came back, Malone kind of did this thing where he'd play Plumlee and Jokic, you know, about midway through the first quarter and midway Mm -hmm. through the third quarter. You know, if you want to play Trey Lyles more, it's just going to be difficult to play Plumlee and Jokic as much as they did together last season. I, I guess one avenue you could explore is playing Trey Lyles at, at small forward, which Michael Malone has thrown out the idea, at least. He broached the idea at media day. But, you know, if you want to get Trey Lyles in there more, it's just going to be hard to play Mason Plumley probably as much as he wants to be out there. Yeah, we did not see Lyles at small forward, really, in the preseason. We saw him out there with Wancho, but it definitely seemed like when those two did play together, Wancho was playing more of the three. Lyles was playing more of the four. I mean, Lyles at the three would only be as a result of him just not getting enough minutes at the four, not getting close to that 20-minute threshold that the Nuggets want and need him to reach by playing exclusively power forward. And yeah, I agree. I don't think we're going to see Plumlee and Jokic together as much as we did last year, but Here and there, I think we could see it, especially if the Nuggets find themselves in foul trouble. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back on the other side. There's three guys that are vying for the final spot in the Nuggets rotation. We'll touch on them next. We'll be right back. 
Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com, and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the vip image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free coors banquet beer at any of those bars there are over 20 bars there you're sure to find one close to you it's bsnbars.com find a bar and get a free coors banquet on the house thanks for listening to the bsn denver podcast network welcome back to the bsn nuggets podcast presented by in we go harrison wind and christian clark here tuesday edition of the show if you guys have a question for the show we want to hear from you. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. The number to call is 1-800-BSN-8394. That's 1-800-BSN-8394. We welcome all questions about the Nuggets, about the NBA. There's a lot of teams, a lot of interesting teams outside of Denver. If you have a question about one of them, hit us up too. 1-800-BSN-8394. All it is is an answering machine if you haven't called before. What we want you guys to do is leave your name, leave where you're calling from, and leave a question, or maybe it's a hot take for the show. We'll play it on the show and give you our reaction as well. It's the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394, 1-800-BSN-8394. So Michael Malone had interesting comments Monday on his rotation. And we just spoke about the eight guys that are locked into minutes. Well, mainly the three guys off the bench. We've spoken about this starting lineup at length. But he mentioned on Monday how he doesn't feel like he can play a 10 or 11-man rotation. We saw the Nuggets pretty much play 10 guys in Friday's dress rehearsal against the Bulls and, uh, you know, kind of make hockey subs at times, five starters, five bench. It seems like nine guys is going to be what Michael Malone wants to play on a night-to-night basis. So Monte Morris, Mason Plumley, Trey Lyles are penciled in for consistent minutes night-to-night. Malik Beasley, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Torrey Craig, we've spoken about it all offseason. I guess nothing's changed because those three guys are still in competition for that ninth spot. And from the sounds of it, my big takeaway from his comments on Monday was this could be a fluid situation for at least maybe the first month or so of the season. Did you see it that way too? Oh yeah. And you know, it's just going to depend on who Michael Malone can trust once he gets into the real games. I mean, I think Michael Malone already has a good deal of trust in Torrey Craig. He was the guy of those three who played the most minutes during that that final month of the season. I mean, Wancho was wasn't really a factor. Malik was just a a very minor factor, you know, during that stretch run. Malik Beasley, I think he did a lot of really good things during the preseason. He shot the three ball pretty well. Um, I think he's a, a pretty good def- perimeter defender. His biggest thing is just consistency. And then, you know, I know. Coach Malone grouped Malik, Torrey, and Wancho all together, but just kind of reading between the lines of what we saw from the preseason, I would say that Wancho is kind of the 11th man right now. And, you know, maybe he does get an opportunity one night and he hits a couple threes and then he just, you know, ends up playing 20 minutes that game. But in my mind, he is the 11th guy um, on this Nuggets roster right now and in third in that 
Craig Beasley Wancha Trio. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you. We sat across from each other probably three months ago and said how those three guys will be vying for one of the rotation spots and probably power ranked them Craig Beasley Wancho in that order. And fast forward three months from that point and we're here and we still have them in the same order. So really not a lot has changed. Wancho is tough because he's maybe the streakiest of those three. And he's a guy who did not play a ton last season, played less than both Torrey Craig and Malik Beasley. I get the sense that Wancho needs a relatively long leash if he's going to get consistent minutes. Like he can't be a guy who you miss a shot or he misses a shot or he makes one bad play and you take him out. We heard the stories at training camp when he misses a shot, when he makes a bad play or a bad read, he'll hang his head. He'll get discouraged. He's still working on playing through his mistakes And that's what's tough with that ninth spot. That guy's probably going to have a pretty short leash. You can't have that guy go out there and, you know, make a couple mistakes and keep going with that guy, I don't think. So so that's kind of the issue. Wancho's got to learn how to play through that. And, you know, at times I've heard he's done a better job with that, but that's still something that he's apparently struggling with. You got to think if the Nuggets, maybe they need some instant offense, they go with Wancho. Maybe if they need some instant defense, they go with Torrey Craig or Malik Beasley. But it seems like it's going to be situational. And like you said, it's going to come down to who Michael Malone trusts. Um, Whoever plays out of that group, you got to think they're going to log, what, 15 to 20 minutes a game somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that ballpark. You know, if you had to guess right now, who do you think of that group ends up playing the most minutes this year? Who out of that group plays the most minutes this year? I'd rule out Wancho. And, you know, the safe pick is probably Torrey Craig, but I'll go Malik Beasley. I feel like he grew a lot this preseason. The final game against Chicago kind of sticks out. He went 0 of 8, 0 of 5 from the field. It seemed like the Malik Beasley we saw at times last year, but... I really do believe that this summer was a big one for him, and he grew in a lot of different aspects of his game. Like I said, the safe pick is probably Torrey Craig there, but I just think Malik is going to give you a little more on both ends. Uh, You know, I think I would actually agree with you. (laughs) It doesn't make a lot of sense because Torrey Craig is, you know, the safe bet, certainly, but I do kind of think some of the strides Malik made this summer isn't just talk. I I tend to believe that it's kind of real. You know, I, I talked to his personal trainer a little bit who he started working with this summer, and he mentioned that there was a day where Malik Beasley shot 500 shots in an hour, you know, and it wasn't outside of 15 feet. I think Malik put a lot of work into becoming a more consistent shooter, um, especially with his base, you know, squaring up, jumping more straight up and down rather than jumping forwards or backwards. And I think he does have just an overall better mental approach to the game than we saw his first two seasons here. So, yeah, I would go with Malik, too. I mean, he he has a potential to be a plus on both ends of the floor. And, you know, Torrey Craig, a plus defensively, but probably, you know, you know neutral offensively. I, I guess if that three ball starts to go down consistently and he's really getting on the boards, you can consider him a plus, but... 
yeah. I mean, Malik's two-way potential is the reason why I'm going with him. Right. If you're speaking from a, a potential standpoint, Malik has a much higher ceiling than Torrey Craig. I mean, he's six years younger than Torrey Craig, already better than him on the offensive end of the four. I think every bit of a defender as Torrey is, uh, he, he just needs a chance and uh, we'll see what role the Nuggets have in mind for him this year. This could be a, a breakout year for Malik. It really could. If he becomes an option off the Nuggets bench that Denver can really trust for 15, 20 minutes a game, if he's able to shoot it 37, 38% from three, that's going to be a huge weapon for Denver. Yeah, I mean, he was, I think, the 40th ranked player in his high school class, put, put up 16 points per game in his lone year at Florida State. You know, the biggest thing for him is he's had to play an entirely different role in the NBA than he did in many years leading up to it. He's just got to make the simple play. Michael Mullen has harped on him, you know, for what months now. You know, he told him right before Summer League, like, I know you're probably the most talented player on this team, but don't try to do too much. He was kind of disappointed. He thought Malik did try to do too much. And over the preseason, I thought we saw Malik mostly try to just play within himself. Yeah, consistency is the biggest thing for him. That's what Malone said on Monday. So that's the Nuggets rotation for this 2018-2019 season, at least to start. You got the five starters, Monte Morris, Trey Lyles, and Mason Plumley off the bench. And then one of Malik Beasley, Torrey Craig, and Juancho Hernan Gomez for that ninth and final consistent rotation spot. Look, there could be some spot minutes here or there if say Tory is that ninth guy and Malik is the 10th guy. There could be some spot minutes for Malik here and there, but does seem like Michael Malone wants to play nine guys. That's a number he's kind of settled on that he said that he wants to play each of these last two years. So it will be interesting to see how things sort out Wednesday in that season opener in LA and then Denver's back at home Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back against the Suns and Warriors. You got any guesses for minutes per game leader this year? It was Gary Harris last year, uh, 34.5, which is a lot. (laughs) That is a lot, and I will go with Gary Harris again this year. Okay. What about you? Um, Yeah, probably Gary, and then with Jamal coming in at second. I'd agree with that, and um, from there, I'd go Will Barton, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, rounding out the top five. Yeah, I mean, ideally, you'd like, Jokic should be your top guy, but... uh, Yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to throw him out there for 35 minutes a night. Uh, I don't think he's got the endurance to handle that at this point. We saw that last year. And then he's going to get in foul trouble, too, which, which will limit his minutes at some point you know, throughout the year, at multiple points throughout the year, too. Well, I think that's all we got for this Tuesday edition of the pod. Appreciate you guys listening, of course, as always. If you haven't subscribed, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. I told you guys this on Monday's show, but you're really missing, I'd say, over 50% of our content if you're not subscribed and you're only listening to the pod. So head on over to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. It's just $4.99 for a month-to-month subscription, as low as 3 bucks or as low as 2 bucks if you want to get a year or a three-year pass. Not a lot of money for great detailed reporting, analysis, coverage of your favorite Denver sports team. Not just the Nuggets, the Broncos, the Rockies, the Avalanche too. And with that, we'll be back with another episode on Wednesday previewing the season. We'll throw down 
some bold predictions. Who will lead this team in points per game? Will there be any all-stars? Will anybody on the Nuggets make an all-NBA team? Will Jamal Murray win most improved player of the year? We'll also go over some fun prop bets, some over-unders for this Nuggets team. We'll talk with you guys then.